Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, what goes on in the minds of people who invest in their local market or think that their local market is the best place to invest and then discover a different or better way? Well, I received an email recently from one of our past and current clients, and she said, I wanted to reach out and say how grateful I am to you and your team. I've been working with your team for almost a year now, and I'm in the process of buying my fourth, fifth, and sixth turnkey property. And it got me thinking. The most successful investors were not made in a day. Learning the ins and outs of the financial world and your personality as an investor actually takes time and patience. And it can be broken down into some key points here. That is, successful investing is a journey, not a one-time event, and you'll need to prepare yourself as if you were going on a long trip. This is not a sprint. This is more of a marathon. Second, it involves reading books and taking investment courses, essentially my first rule of successful real estate investing, and that is to educate yourself because you want to build your knowledge. Thirdly, nobody knows you or your situation better than you do, and you'll find out in today's interview that that is especially the case. That means you may be the most qualified person to do your own investing, but most of the time, we all need some help. Fourth, your level of knowledge, personality, and resources help to or should determine the path you choose. So we're all at a different place on a spectrum, and we're obviously trying to get to a different piece of that spectrum or a different part, and that's just part of the journey. So when you have focus and you work with the right people, It moves you along that journey and sometimes a lot faster, again, as you'll learn on today's interview. Fifth, you need to be in this for the long term. Sticking with an optimal long term strategy may not be the most exciting thing to do or the most exciting investment choice. However, your chances of success should increase dramatically by doing so. And last but not least, be willing to learn. Learning to be a successful investor is a gradual process and the investment journey is typically a long one, as I was saying before. So the bottom line is what you achieve as an investor will depend on your goals, but sticking to a solid plan will help get you there. So in this episode, we'll explore the thought process and journey of someone who started investing locally and have her share her discoveries and her revelations along the way. So here we go. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. It's my pleasure to welcome Stephanie Wonkel to the show. Now, Stephanie is a busy mother with a full-time job, and she happens to be a passionate real estate investor. She's also one of our clients here at Norada Real Estate. Having invested in real estate for over a decade, Stephanie has grown into other ventures, including real estate syndications, which she can talk about later today. And through years of property management woes and landlording dramas, she has learned the secret of passive real estate investing. And now she wants to shut that from the rooftops, which is great because that's what I want to do too. (laughs) 
So she's passionate about wanting people to learn about the opportunities that can change their life through real estate. And with that, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you on here because I want to talk a little bit about your journey and the experience you've had both with and without us, some of the choices you made, and to help our listeners share some of the criteria that you either had or came up with through that journey because a lot of people don't start off with an investment criteria. They just kind of go with the flow and then define it as they go. You know, we try and help them with that, obviously, but at some point you need a criteria. So let's begin with you. You have an interesting story. Tell us about your real estate journey. Let's start there. Okay, great. I kind of fell into real estate investing back in 2008. I wasn't even really in tune with what was happening in the market there at that time. But I had met someone. I had always wanted to purchase a rental property, but I just kind of bought one. And to your point, I had no criteria really. I just did numbers to make sure that the expenses of the property minus the tenant rent that I would come out ahead is what I was going for. So I purchased that property And the only rule I knew about with real estate at the time was this false notion that you have to invest in your local area so that you can manage the property and go see it and like hang out with your tenants, I guess, was what I was thinking. I don't know. Bad idea. I'm going to walk you through like basically a series of mistakes. So I had no criteria. I just jumped in and did it. And then I also decided that I would be a great property manager and I would landlord. Like how hard can it be? So I did not explore doing any kind of property management. Like I mentioned, I had a job. I have kids. It's basically another job that you take on when you take on property management. But I didn't really take any of that into account. So I had this property and I really enjoyed the cash flow and the tax benefits. And so I took some money out and bought a couple more. And then I managed those as well. So that kind of went on for about six or seven years. And I just um, had these rental properties and I managed them myself. I did the turnovers myself. I collected rent, all the things that you do. I took the phone calls, all of the things that people who want to invest in real estate, the reasons they don't do it because they're like, I don't want to get a call about toilet running and that kind of thing. So I also purchased them in not so great markets here in Colorado. I would call them low C minus markets. And that made cash flow good, but it proved to be an issue with turnover and um, tenants. Tenant quality was pretty low. So those six years were actually pretty rough. I love the benefits of real estate, but I was becoming very fatigued as a landlord. And the market started going up and I really started listening to more podcasts and learning more. And learning that this rule I had for myself that you have to have a property in your own backyard just wasn't true. That you could go to better, more lucrative markets and do it that way. So I started researching, okay, what if I exchanged my Denver properties and went in other markets that are better cash flow markets? So I started researching. I came across your company, the idea of turnkey and started analyzing, how would I go about doing this? And I had some choices. So I could pick a market and go find a realtor in that market, go find a property manager in that market, go find a lender in that market and do it that way, which seemed a little overwhelming and daunting to me. So when I came across you guys, 
I realized you had the system in place and these relationships in place where I really didn't have to go build a team in other markets that through the work you have done to already build these teams up, I could really just start investing in different markets rather quickly. So that's kind of the short story of how I got from being an investor in my own market to kind of expanding, doing turnkey, making that decision. Wow. Okay. That's great. You said a lot in that few minutes there, but you painted a great picture of the journey of where you started, the frustration you had with self-managing, the belief, I'll, I'll call it a false belief of having to invest in your backyard because the quote unquote guru said so. But you know what? You gain some experience in doing that. You learn what management is like and the purchase process. It's not that you were in a negative situation that way, unless you had negative cash flow, of course. But fortunately, you learned a lot from that journey. Now, do you still have those properties? No, I'm in the process of 1031 exchanging them into other markets right now. Okay. So that's probably a smart strategy, especially if you're what I like to say, equity rich and cash flow poor on your properties, which a lot of people are, especially in the coastal markets and the expensive markets around the country, you know, they gained a lot of equity over the years and now they're underutilizing it. They essentially have no return on that equity and they could redeploy that into other deals, better deals and grow their portfolio, which is a great strategy. So you could have started anywhere. Like you could have started with wholesaling, rehabbing, rehabbing to flip, rehab to hold, more of the active approach as we call it. Did you start there? And if you didn't, why did you choose to start with a buy and hold rental in your local market versus some of these other more active approaches to investing? It was really the only one I was most familiar with. I always thought that flipping was like a handy guy that would go do his or her own handiwork. And that's what flipping was. I realize now it's like a marketing business and I actually do flipping with my son but I did not start there. It's rental properties. Having that income and that cash flow is what I was seeking and a place to put my money to grow it, basically. Okay. You started off doing everything entirely on your own and then you eventually chose to purchase what we define as turnkey rental properties. Now that happened only when you discovered the fact that turnkey real estate investing actually existed and turnkey rentals are, are a thing because up until then you didn't even know about it. Right. So I was reading books about investing out of your market. And those books center around creating a team out of market. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to pick a market and then I'm going to go there and I'm going to develop all these relationships and do it that way. And then I became aware of this thing called turnkey and then learned, which obviously, you know, that there's turnkey operators in the markets. And then there's you guys, you brokers between a lot of turnkey operators. So that also opened up a world to me that, wow, I don't just have to go to a market. I could go to multiple markets and diversify my cash flow. So that was really exciting to learn that aspect. And the unspoken point there is that by doing so, whether you do it on your own or with an organization like ours, is you become market agnostic. You don't end up being married to one particular market nor do you end up talking to anybody that is essentially biased towards their own local market and only can, quote unquote, sell you stuff out of their own toolbox. When you step back and you realize, geez, there's over 400 markets in the United States, each one of these markets are local and do their own thing. It's kind of like looking at the stock market. Different companies are doing different things at different times. The question is, is what are the best deals to be looking at? Not that I'm advocating investing in the stock market, 
but it's just an analogy because it's the same thing with real estate. Different markets are doing different things. And even the submarkets and neighborhoods within markets are doing different things. So to be able to, to be detach yourself from a local market and be market agnostic is a huge advantage as a real estate investor, because now you can choose those so-called best markets and maximize your returns and put your capital to the best use possible, which I know you've discovered over time because you started locally and then you expanded. So that's good. Yeah. Another thing I love about not just a local market, but for example, in Memphis, I work with two turnkey providers uh, that you facilitate. And that, so instead of just me picking a turnkey in Memphis and just working with them, I'm limited to their inventory and to their opportunities where through you, I have access to multiple turnkeys, even in the same market. So that's also very helpful. Yeah. And that's also a form of being agnostic. It's not just the markets. It's actually being agnostic to all the service providers that we work with, not to sound like, you know, I'm pitching and plugging our company, but whether you work with us or or do it on your own, you should be agnostic yourself and have multiple lenders, multiple title companies, multiple property managers, even if you're not working with them at the same time, at least you have a plan B or a backup for anybody you do need to work with. So, so that's a good thing. Now we're talking about markets and markets are important and investors often don't know where to start. So how did you pick the markets you invested in? So being in Colorado, I would consider this an appreciation market as opposed to a cash flow market. And so I really wanted, like you mentioned, to move my equity from all the appreciation it has collected over the years to cash flow because I want to create a passive income so that I can live off the passive income, basically. Where prior to that, my strategy was appreciation and grow it as much as possible. So my strategy has kind of changed now to cash flow. So I'm really looking in markets that are cash flow markets, in markets that have high job growth and high population growth, markets that have diverse employment. So a lot of employers are in that market so that if one does one industry or one employer has an issue, it doesn't slam the whole market. So those are kind of my criteria. Also, There are some markets that I call hybrid markets. So they cash flow and they appreciate. Like I would consider Memphis a pretty high cash flow and like Kansas City, maybe a little hybrid. And so I'm trying to diversify based on the market criteria as well. So I was going to ask you about that. And you started answering the question about what your criteria was for choosing your properties. And also, how did you pick the properties that you purchased? So you started to lay down a foundation and it had to do with jobs in that market. Did you have a criteria for the property itself? Yes. So three bedroom, two bath, single home property was where I started from. And then certain price ranges depending on the market because they obviously vary by market. So per market, I picked a price range that I was looking for in that market. And that's where your team is super helpful because these properties are in high demand. And so it's helpful to communicate your very specific criteria to the partner on your team so that they can have their eye open for it. And Jennifer was able to then tell me about properties before they even kind of made public consumption. So being really specific about what you're looking for is crucial to this process because No one can help you look for something if you're not super clear on what you're looking for. Yeah, that's true. 
I think it's my sixth rule of, of successful real estate investing is, is to have a top-down approach. You start with the market because every market is a little different. It has different drivers and different fundamentals. And some are more based on cash flow, like you had mentioned. And some of them are based on greater growth potential. And you start there and then you work to the submarkets and you work to the neighborhoods. And there's a lot of free information out there. You could do your own due diligence. But if you're working with a team of people that are experts in that local market because they live and work there, then it fast tracks and accelerates the ability for you to decide the market, the neighborhood, and the types of properties that you're going to be working with. And so you did the right thing. Maybe you didn't start that way, but you learned it quickly and you became kind of more of a master investor to be able to make that process part of your own due diligence process. And that's the right thing. Yeah. The mistakes actually really helped me because as you're talking about when you're deciding actual down to the neighborhoods, And you're deciding, do I want A, B, C neighborhoods? I definitely didn't want like C minus difficult neighborhoods. I learned that lesson and I know that turnovers are a lot, which are costly. I learned all of the lessons from that. And so that made it easy to, oh, yes, I'm going to target B neighborhoods, uh, working class. That's that's what I want to do. So those mistakes kind of helped me mature along the way, I guess. Yeah, I think what a lot of investors don't realize is that one of the most costly factors of owning investment real estate, and this is where you lose your cash flow for the year or for a period of time, is really on that turnover. The fewer turnovers you have, the more cash flow you're going to keep in pocket. Also, it's not just the loss of revenue that might be two weeks to a month to two months, depending on where you are, but it's the cost of the turnover to clean and and maybe do some repairs and replacement of certain items. So they're costly and it could eat up the cash flow of your entire year. So if you can have a tenant stay for two, three, even five years or more, that's ideal. But if you're in an area where you have a tenant turnover every year, you can almost assume that you're going to have zero cash flow for that year. You might have equity growth, which is great. But if you're in a really sketchy area, and this is why we shy away from your CC minus D class neighborhoods, if you have more than one turnover a year, which is possible, and you have lengthy vacancies, guess what? You're going to be negative cash flow. And, and that might be okay if it's temporary and short term because you can make it up in years to come, but it's not fun to be upside down and having to feed your property <laughs> money every month out of your pocket just to keep things floating. Yeah. I also learned the high value of the property manager. And I think I meet a lot of real estate investors that were like me and they're like, I'm going to only manage my own properties because it really kind of isn't that hard like 90% of the time, but the big costly mistakes that you'll make the other 10%, like I'm not an expert. This isn't my job. Property management isn't my passion. If I did the math, I would have saved a lot of money not doing my own property management. And when you go out of state, you're pretty much forced to hire a property manager. And that's where I really learned that like, I love having property managers. Even if I purchased in my local market, I would never manage it myself again. Yeah, that's a great revelation. Some people don't learn that early enough. They think that they should be managing their portfolio. And I know people that do it successfully from afar, like from 3,000 miles away. It's not that it's not doable. It is doable, but most people don't know how. And a lot of people don't want to, and they probably shouldn't because they should be focused on continuing to build their portfolio and, and finding the next deal and spending time with their family, their friends and pursuing their career. And I like to say, go to Johnny's soccer game on the weekend, right? Yeah. So investors kind of break down into two categories, your new investors and your season. So for those just getting started, this is kind of a 
you know, a client tip, if you will. But for those with small portfolios or just getting started, what advice would you give to those newer investors looking to start or grow? So how I approach growth is basically through partnership. So meeting, leveraging other people's learning. So I just described like six years of my life that I'll never get back, where if I had sought out people that had already done what I was wanting to do and got advice from them and learned from them, then I could fa- I could have fast-tracked those hard times, which cost money and time that you don't get back. So I think people that are interested in investing and that haven't done a lot of real estate investing to seek out education. Like your podcast is fantastic. There are a lot of free resources out there where you can start learning and get up to speed and start meeting people that can teach you more and help you go through that process faster and less painfully. Okay, great answer. Tied in with that and something that I probably should have asked you a little bit earlier. Did you have an issue with long distance or out of state investing at the time when you first discovered it? Was it one of those things that you thought, oh, I don't know if I could do that or that's really a a giant leap? Or did you say, oh yeah, why didn't I think of this sooner? So I told you I had that kind of belief that I learned back when I started this, that one of the must do of being a real estate investor is to be in your own market. I guess I never questioned that weirdly. But when I started learning about investing out of state, I immediately was like, why would, yeah, why wouldn't I do that? Uh, I'm not a control person, so I don't need to drive by my properties. I actually would rather not drive by them. So the idea of them not being close itself was fine to me. It was more that I just had this belief and I didn't really know it was a thing. But once I started hearing about it, that's when I was like, definitely that's the next step to scale. Good answer. I mean, I thought about asking that now just because we're talking about new investors or people just getting started. And that is actually a common objection or hurdle that people tell themselves is, I just can't do it. I need to see it or be able to drive by it. So how do you invest in out of state or long distance? Well, it's done every day by hundreds, if not thousands of people. It's commonplace. It's just you're not taught it or it's not talked about that much. Yeah, I hear all the time with fellow investors that they And I try to convince them because I feel that strongly about it. Like you shouldn't be a managing your own stuff because you don't really do it that well. And you have other more important stuff to do. And B, why are you insisting on buying things in Colorado that you're not cash flowing? And people have a block to that. They just like you mentioned, for all of those reasons, they can't fathom going out of state. And I have been doing it and I found none of those things to be true. Yeah. So for those more seasoned investors to continue growing, because let's face it, some people already have five or 10 or even 20 or more properties. What would you say to those guys? I say keep learning, keep expanding, keep growing your portfolio in whatever way you can. I started my turnkey journey just buying some properties and then decided, okay, wait, I'm going to take my Colorado properties and reshift that capital to even do more properties. Like one of my properties is buying three duplexes in Fort Worth. So that's one door is now six doors. That's the kind of thing season people can start to think about is how are you going to grow what you currently have? Because that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And that could be a slightly more advanced strategy because people don't start there. But once you start investing and you have a portfolio... And now you have equity to work with, plus maybe some cash on the side. Now we can start having those conversations of how do we 
accelerate what you're doing and magnify it. And that's when you really start to see the snowball effect is, is you, you, all of a sudden you go from one to three to five to 10 to 20 properties. And it's, it can happen in a matter of a few short years. Yeah. And it helps alleviate the pain of like what you mentioned with turnovers. If you have three properties and one turns over, you feel kind of pain with that. There's a cost associated with that. If you have 10 doors and one turns over, it's less painful, which is one reason why I like apartments because you've got a lot and those turnovers aren't hurting you as much. Yeah. You keep referring it to in terms of the number of doors, which is really a great way to look at it because regardless of the mix of your portfolio, whether it's made up of single families, duplexes, fourplexes, even, or even apartments, when you look at it from a total unit count in terms of doors, it smooths out those vacancies or turnovers because one turnover on one property, regardless of whether it's an apartment complex or a single family home, I hear this all the time from investors, you know, where they say, well, with a fourplex, if I have a vacancy, it's only 25% vacant. But you're looking at it from a property perspective, not a total portfolio count. So if you have 100 units, whether it's one apartment of 100 or 100 or 50 duplexes or 100 single family homes, one vacancy, it's 1% of your total portfolio. So it's smart to look at it in, in those terms. One other comment I want to quickly make, Stephanie, is that as your portfolio grows, and you alluded to this, it becomes easier to manage those cash flow swings because they just kind of disappear into the background when you know and expect turnover and vacancy. You've budgeted for it, you've got reserves on hand, and you've got a larger portfolio, which comes in time, but you've got the ability to weather through ups and downs, whether it's your portfolio, the local economy, or the general economy. Guess what? You can weather through any any hurricane or storm if you build your portfolio right. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yes. Yeah. So in just kind of wrapping things up here, you know, it's it is said that experience is the greatest teacher and a lot of wisdom is actually gained by experiencing many different things compared to just acquiring knowledge through schooling and, and, and books and even podcasts. So if you look back today, what would you have done differently when you got started in those first couple of years? I would have definitely done more learning and education. Like I mentioned, I just kind of shot at the hip intuitively thought that's a great idea and did it where, and thankfully, right. My numbers worked out, but, but buying a property correctly is important. So making sure not just what I did with the expenses, uh, the rent covers the expenses, taking into account CapEx and maintenance and all of that into your numbers up front is super important because if you have one property and the broiler goes out, you know, you're, you're very bummed. So I would have learned more before jumping in. I didn't do that. And so I, thankfully I learned as I went along. Are you, I think I know what you're going to say. Are you happy with your accomplishments to date? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. You're on the progress path to financial freedom. Yes, absolutely. So you saw the light. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on those properties, just landlording for so long. I've learned about so many opportunities that I didn't know about, one of them being turnkey, but others also. And I'm just passionate about real estate and the fact that passive income can give you freedom and your whole life can change. And I wish I knew that earlier, but I'm glad I know it now. Very well said. Very well said. 
So I have to ask you, I cannot wrap this up without asking you the question, how was your experience working with our team? You know, it's kind of a self-serving question, but I think it's good for people to hear from an actual investor and client and person that we've worked with just to share their experience. Yeah, my experience with your team has been phenomenal from the very beginning to, and, and I'm still engaged with your team. I'm, I close on a duplex in Fort Worth next week. I, I think I've been in a journey with your team, like maybe almost a full year from when I started. So the engagement is great. The education and quality that your team provides is great. And not just your direct team as far as who advises you, but also all of the operators that you have engaged with. I'm in three of your markets and everyone has been fabulous and my experiences are different and great. And also the fact, one of the great benefits of not going directly to an operator is if I were to have an issue, I feel comfortable that I could come to you guys and you would help me resolve it. And that's really important and helpful. So my experience has been top-notch with, with working with you all. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that was all unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> In wrapping up, share one piece of wisdom or advice you'd like to give everyone if you have one. And then we can uh, just wrap it up by you telling listeners how they can find you, contact you, whatever the case is. My one piece of advice would be to just keep track of your mindset. So if you are wanting to get into investing, even if you're a seasoned investor, keep track of the things you're telling yourself in your mind because it can be scary. Buying houses to people sometimes is scary and seems risky. And that's why I find some people are staying in the stock market over investing in real estate because they're scared of real estate when I'm thinking they should be scared of the stock market. And so the way to kind of keep track of your mindset is be aware and then learn something about it because something scary someone else has done and and change and learn something so that you can change your mind about it. That's what I see when I talk to investors is they're scared of real estate and their mind kind of needs to shift so that they're open to other possibilities because I don't want people to miss out on this opportunity. Yeah, great, great advice and well said. I think people need to understand that they're not the first, second, third, 10th or 100th person going down this road. There have literally been tens of thousands of people. And so you're not the first, just follow other people's successes and copy or mirror it, as Tony Robbins would say, mirror other people's successes and you can achieve the same results. So that that's that's very well said. Stephanie, I want to thank you for your time. This has been great. I appreciate you taking the time coming on. Tell our listeners how they can either contact you or find you, where are you located online, whatever you want to share. I have a website, newheightsinvestmentgroup.com. I am a multifamily syndicator and you can find out more about me and more about that on my website. I also have a new podcast called Frenzied to Financial Freedom, which is targeted to women who are seeking financial freedom, either through creating businesses, side hustles, or through real estate. Beautiful. Stephanie, thank you for taking the time to come on. This has been great. I'm so stoked that you're having great success and your experience has been good. So thanks once again, and we'll just continue working with you. Thank you. Have a great day. That wraps it up for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us on iTunes or Google Play to leave us a review. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.
having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Narada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.